Hello Toronto, welcome to the Open Clamshell podcast. Open Clamshell is a podcast about the services, programs and happenings in the City of Toronto. We're here to share stories and insights from the City's staff. My name is Jen Forks and I'm here with Hilary Kerstead. Jen, I'm sure some of our listeners are wondering why this podcast is called the Open Clamshell. What do clams have to do with City Hall? Have you seen City Hall? If you stand in Nathan Phillips Square and look up, the council chambers totally look like a clamshell. Sure, but like a closed clamshell. And that's the point of the podcast, to open up the clamshell and take listeners inside to discover the pearls. In this podcast, Hilary Kirstead takes us behind the scenes at Emergency Medical Services to find out what happens when you call 911 for a medical emergency. Welcome to Toronto Emergency Medical Services, or Toronto EMS, where we'll be speaking about what happens when you call 911 for a medical emergency. Toronto EMS provides emergency ambulance service to the City of Toronto. When somebody calls 911 for a medical emergency, Toronto EMS dispatchers and paramedics assess, treat, and transport the patient to a hospital emergency department. Toronto EMS is the largest municipal land ambulance service in Canada and the sole emergency ambulance service in Toronto. We're at Toronto EMS headquarters with Graham Mask, an emergency medical dispatcher in the Central Ambulance Communication Centre. Graham, thank you for joining us today to discuss what happens when you receive a call for a medical emergency. Thanks for having me, Hillary. How long have you been working in the communication centre? I've been here for three years now, uh, one year as a call taker and two years as a fully trained dispatcher. Can you briefly explain the role of call takers and dispatchers in responding to a medical emergency? Sure. Emergency medical dispatchers or EMDs are the people you speak with when you call 911. And we receive about 800 calls a day and we'll ask you a series of questions to determine the severity and nature of the complaints. Once we have this information, we'll put it into our computers. We'll send the appropriate paramedics to you uh, where you need them and when you, ne- when you need them. Take us through the questions you ask every time someone calls 911. Okay. Every time you call 911, it starts with Toronto Police Services, and they'll ask you, do you need police, fire, or ambulance? Once you say that you won't have a medical emergency, you'll transfer them over to us, and we'll start with Toronto Ambulance. Where do you need us? Uh, location's very critical for us. It's a very crucial piece of information. Without that information, we can't send you help, so that's the first question that we'll ask you. After that, we'll ask you what's the closest major intersection, because sometimes in the city there's more than one street with the same name. For example, Church Street, there's more than one, so we have to know what part of the city you're in. If the caller is able to provide a street address, what other information do you need? We'll ask you if it's a house or an apartment. If it's an apartment, we'll ask you what floor the the patient is on and what the entry code is to get inside. And if it's not a house or an apartment building, we'll ask you, well, what is it? And what entrance should we use? And where is the patient located inside the building? Can you give me an example? Uh... Let's say you're calling from a mall. We'll ask you what entrance that we should use, and that way we can get to you faster and get to the the patient sooner. What if you're calling for someone else, and you're not currently at the same location? So if my grandmother calls me because she's experiencing back pain, but I'm at work, what should I say? Well, if you're calling for your grandmother, we'll ask you, are you with the patient right now? And if you're not, we'll ask you for a phone number. That way we can contact her directly afterwards for more information. And what if the caller's not at a specific address? Maybe they're outside at an intersection? It's important to listen to our questions. Uh, We can determine the patient's location by asking you certain questions, and then we can get to them as soon as we can. What if the caller's driving by a road accident when he or she calls? 
Uh, it's important that you're safe to call us. So if you're in a car and you see an accident, it's important to pull over and call us when you're safe. It's also important if you're able to, to stay on scene with the patient. If you're with the patient, you can provide us with updates and you can also uh, make sure that the patient's still there when we get there. Sometimes when people call for a road accident and they, they leave, when we get there, the car accident will have cleared already and we get there and there's nothing, so we're not sure where to go. So it's important if you're able to, to stay with the patient. So once you establish the patient's location, what should the caller expect to hear at this point in the call? The next thing that we'll ask you is the telephone number that you're calling from. It's important because if we're cut off mid-conversation, we have to call you back for the rest of the questions that we have to ask you. So the the phone number is very important so that in case we are disconnected, we can call back. And what kind of information do you need to dispatch an ambulance? So after we ask you for the phone number, we'll say, okay, so tell me exactly what happened. And we need to know why you're calling why you're calling right now. So suppose I call because my dad is reporting chest pain. What do I say? So if your dad's having chest pain, say exactly that. My dad's having chest pain. Uh, if we need to, we'll ask about the medical history after that. But the first thing we need to know is why you're calling right now. Okay. And what can I expect after I tell you what happened? So once we've asked you what happened, we'll ask you how old is a patient. Uh, if you're not sure how old the patient is, you can give us an estimate, uh, an approximate age for us. Now, why is that important? It's important because sometimes in our protocols, uh, if they're above a certain age, then we can tell you to help a person in a certain way. So if it's someone with chest pain, if they're above a certain age, we can advise you to give the person aspirin. And if they're below a certain age, we wouldn't tell you to do that. And uh, after, you've asked, after we've asked you about the patient's age... We'll ask you if they're conscious and they're breathing. Those are two very important things. Uh, so if someone's not conscious or not breathing, we send out the ambulances immediately on our highest priority to help the person. It means the person's uh, in a life-threatening condition, and we should get there as soon as we can. What other information do you need? Say, with my dad, I'm calling to report his chest pain. I've told you his age. I've told you his medical history. What else? So once we've determined he's awake and that he's breathing... Uh, we'll ask you more. Uh, we'll ask you additional questions based on what you've told us. So, with chest pain, we'd ask you other things based on that. So, if he's awake, if he's alert, uh, if he's breathing normally, things like that. So, depending on what chief complaint you give us, we'll ask you a different set of questions. Okay, so every call is different. It's very important then that we listen to your questions. Yep, it's very important. So, once you let us know what's happening, we'll decide what's the best uh, complaint to go to, and then we'll ask you the questions and just answer as best you can. As you're gathering the information you need to dispatch an ambulance, the caller must be wondering when paramedics are going to arrive. When are paramedics actually dispatched? Uh, There's a lot of variables that determine when we send the paramedics to help you. We receive 800 calls a day, so we're quite busy. Wow. To start, we categorize the calls based on severity or acuity, and certain complaints will trigger a pre-alert or will start in a response right away. What's that? With the person that's unconscious or difficulty breathing, then we'll start ambulance as soon as we know that that's what's happening. In these cases, uh, you might be on the phone with us answering our questions when we get there because we've sent help right away. Other times when the calls are of a less severe nature, we'll, we'll dispatch the vehicles accordingly, so once we've gathered enough information. And in addition to this, we have different types of paramedics. So we've got our advanced life support paramedics, our basic life support paramedics, and different types of vehicles. So we have, uh, for instance, an ETF vehicle, emergency task force vehicle. They respond with the police emergency task force to hostage situations or someone who's barricaded themselves inside of a room. We have other types of vehicles, uh, CBRN. They respond to chemical, biological, radioactive, or nuclear incidents. And we also have a marine medic who, tra- who travels with the police marine units to calls in the water or on the islands. And so we've got different types of ambulances, different types of paramedics for whatever uh, incident that we have. And so that's why we ask so many questions to determine what kind of help you need. 
What's the difference between advanced life support and basic life support paramedics? So and how does that play into calls? With the advanced life support paramedics, they have certain skills above the basic life support paramedics. They can provide certain drugs and do other certain uh, skills that the basic life support paramedics can't do. For instance, if a person with chest pain uh, presents to us and we determine they might be having a heart attack, the advanced paramedics can give them certain drugs. And so that's one of the things that they can do. Uh, but in either case, a BLS or an ALS paramedic can help you with whatever situation that you're having. So you have a lot of variables that you have to take into account when you're dispatching an ambulance Yeah, there's a, a lot of things crew. that we have to think about when we dispatch the crews. Are you able to give an estimate, an estimated time in terms of when a crew would actually arrive on scene? We can't give an estimate as to when we'll be there because every day is different and it depends on how busy we are, if there's ambulances available in the city, where you are, and also the severity of your call. With, this, with any life-threatening situation, we try and be there within eight to nine minutes. 800 calls every day is substantial. Are there situations where other courses of action should be taken instead of calling 911? So, for example, what if I cut myself and I don't think it's an emergency, but I'm bleeding, it doesn't seem to be stopping? Uh, should I call 911? The important thing is you should never be afraid to call 911 for a medical emergency. If you're unsure, you can always call us. There are other resources available. Uh, you can call your family doctor for advice. You can call Telehealth Ontario as well. And what's their number? Uh, telehealth's number is one eight six six seven nine seven zero 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 zero, and they operate 24 hours a day, 7 days a week with registered nurses that can talk to you and help you with your problem. And again, if it is a medical emergency and you speak to Telehealth, they can advise you to call us or they can put you right through to us. But, but again, it's very important to know that 911, you can always call us for whatever you think might be an, an emergency. So a call to your family doctor or a telehealth Ontario is an alternative, but it doesn't replace 911. That's right. So just to summarize, what do people need to know to help you get an ambulance where it's needed, when it's needed? So the most important things are to know where you are and to listen to the dispatcher. So again, our first question is, where do you need us? And providing a location is the most important thing to us. Without the address, we can't really send you help. And after that, it's important to try and stay calm and listen to our questions and answer them as best you can. I know it's extremely stressful and it's difficult to answer things and sometimes you're not even sure. So do, do the best you can. Try and stay calm. We'll try and help you stay calm as well. And we'll also give you instructions on how to help the patients. And, and how important is it to stay with the patient? That's important as well because sometimes things do change and so it may not be very life-threatening at the start, but it may progress and become worse, and that's why we want you to stay with the patient to monitor them, and then you can always call us back for more instructions, or we can upgrade the call if something does change with the patient's condition. Even if it's someone you don't know? Even if it's someone you don't know, we, we try and have you stay with them, even if, even if you don't know them, and that way you can try and keep them calm, reassure them as well. What if the patient's condition is changing as you're on the call? Uh, what, what do you do? Say uh, the person is having a heart attack or a stroke, um, or they're delivering a baby and it's not waiting for the medics. Uh, as dispatchers, we're trained to walk you through any type of situation. So if you tell us what's happening, we can help you through the situation. So we have instructions we can give to you, and then we'll try and keep you calm and walk you through it and tell you exactly what to do. And again, we know it's very stressful, and we'll do the best we can to try and keep you calm. And it's important that, we, that you stay there to help as well, because through us, you're the first responder, and you're helping them before the paramedics get there, which is very important. Now, if you know the patient, is there anything in particular that you should have for the paramedics when they arrive? A couple things you can do for us to help speed up the process is to have their health card ready if you can. And also, if you're able to gather up their medications, that way we can get that to the, the paramedics into the hospital faster. 
So you need to know where the patient is, listen to the dispatcher, and answer any questions as clearly and calmly as possible. That's right, and those few tips will help us get to the patient as quickly as we can. And it's important that uh, you give us what information you can, and then we'll prioritize the call and get you the help that you need as quickly as we can. Great. With the communication center receiving over 800 calls every day, I'm sure you've answered every type of call. What was your most memorable? There's lots of memorable calls. We're we're, we're very busy, and we have lots of interesting things that happen, and we help a lot of people. Uh, But for me, my my favorite is uh, on Father's Day a couple years ago, uh, somebody uh, somebody called in, and he was with his wife, who's pregnant, and she was in labor. And so over the phone, uh, I helped him through the delivery, and the two of us were able to uh, follow the instructions, and we successfully delivered his first baby in the morning of Father's Day, which is a pretty cool feeling. And so it was very exciting, very tense, but we walked through it together, and he was very calm. And uh, in the end, I heard the little baby crying, and that was a really exciting moment for me. How many babies have you delivered? I've delivered two now. Uh, Some people have delivered more. Other people have worked here for many years and never delivered a baby, so just the luck of the draw. And what does it feel like when you're on the phone with the father and he's seeing his firstborn child in being born and he's doing it himself? Uh, it's exciting. Like we, we try and stay calm on the phone and we do our best to be there and keep a level head, but uh, we're excited too sometimes. And to hear that baby cry was just so relieving and so such a happy feeling for me. Even though I don't know these people, it felt it was a great feeling for me too. Well, thank you to Graham Mask, an emergency medical dispatcher at Toronto Emergency Medical Services, for explaining what happens when you call 911 for a medical emergency and for sharing his experiences as a call taker. Thanks for having me, Hillary. If you want more information, please visit torontoems.ca. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Toronto EMS or follow us on Twitter at Toronto EMS. You can also check out our YouTube channel, Toronto EMS Infocast. And thank you for listening. You can download Open Clamshell podcasts for free from the iTunes website or listen to them on the City of Toronto podcast website at www.toronto.ca slash podcasts.